Hey friends, we're back. Another episode of the Letterman Jacket Podcast number two. I've got Todd Lizenby here, a friend, a sellout crowd colleague. Earlier this week on the Letterman Jacket, we talked plenty, Garen Emig and I, on, on the Sooners, the depth chart, uh, Brent Venables' as presser. But there's one thing I want to hit before we kind of dive into some you know Big 12 stuff, some bigger picture college football stuff with the Sooners, and that is one place on the depth chart, and that's the running back room, where when they dropped the, uh, the depth chart on Tuesday, uh, the, the probably the big surprise was that Tawi Walker, the walk-on junior college transfer, was listed as a co-starter with Marcus Major. And, you know, the expectation has been, and I think remains, that Marcus Major, Javante Barnes, Gavin Sawchuk are going to be those guys out of the backfield over the course of the season. But week one, Tawi Walker's there. I, I think he'll he'll probably run before some of those, the two sophomore backs. And I guess the, the starting point on this conversation, Todd, and my question for you is, What's your read on that? I mean, there, there's one read that says that Tawi Walker is going to carry, you know, 200 some odd times this year. There's another that, you know, this, I think if you look at the OU depth chart, you see that seniority and, and maybe consistency were re- rewarded for week one. Um, it's certainly interesting. What what did you take from that? Not too much, honestly. I mean, I think that's, it's, it's weird. You know, the older you get, the less important those, um, those moments, like, for example, when you're a college kid, and I remember being a college kid and playing one year of very small school college football, the depth chart was important. It meant something to us. As I get older, I realize it doesn't mean much. It's it's used a lot now to send a message. Um, we all know as media members that these depth charts aren't 100% real, right? I mean, it's meant for the the kids to get sent a message. And, and and I guess in saying that, I think the depth chart is real. I think he's going to carry the ball a lot this Saturday. I think he's going to get the second most or maybe even first most carries this or most carries this Saturday. But I think that, you know, in a in a world where all is equal, I can't imagine him being second on the team in carries at the end of the season. Yep. Uh, it's good for two reasons. It's good, number one, because I think it, it kind of proves what Brent Venables has been talking about, right, is their competitive depth. And if Tawi Walker is good enough to get carries on Saturday against Arkansas State, then that's a guy that if you mess around, you're going to let take your job the more opportunities he gets. So I think it's it's probably meant a little bit to send a message to those guys that are third and fourth. But also, I don't think that should take away from what he has done to earn that spot on the depth chart. Right. I mean, I think I think a lot of I think it's it's kind of disrespectful sometimes to just assume that, you know, Oh, this guy's going to get a couple carries here and never play again. It's a good thing if he goes out and has a good a good game on Saturday. So that will be an interesting spot to watch. And also, like in, within that same position, because of Tawi Walker being at number two, I think we also haven't probably talked enough about Marcus Major being mm-hmm. listed number one on the running back depth chart list as well. You know, he's somebody who, for the last three years, we've heard coaches talk about how good he can be and. For one reason or another, it just hasn't happened on the field consistently, and we'll see if he gets that chance this year. All right, I've got three prongs. We'll see if I can land the plane. But I really liked two things you said. There's a lot in there I liked. But one is that this is really cool for Tawi Walker, and this is just a cool story. We'll see if he's you know still running the ball in, in two weeks or two months or any of that. But this is a guy who, who bet on himself out of high school, passed up on some small offers to go to JUCO, wanting to play Division One football. He did it. He got to Oklahoma. DeMarco Murray kind of found him and, and brought him here, carried 18 times a year ago. And now, you know, here he is. No matter, even if 
you know, he carries 10 times on, on Saturday and that's it. Even if that's special and hearing him talk about it the other day, we got the chance to speak to him, what this has meant to his family. He's got um, a, a young son. Uh, he's got, you know, parents who are going to be watching. He's got a brother, I think with a game in Texas where the family's planning to be, but point is this is a really cool thing. And, uh, and, and you know, for a guy like him, it's a, it's a full circle moment, no matter what happens from now on. Secondly, you're right about the message getting sent, because that's how I read this. I, I think, you know, whatever the case is, this is setting a tone. And you saw it across the depth chart, maybe nowhere more than this, but that experience and seniority and consistency have been rewarded, at least, you know, for whatever it's worth of a, in a week one depth chart. And I, I think there you're talking about, you know, Marcus Major is a guy who's had a great summer. He's had a lot of great summers. And the question will be, can he stay on the field? But he's had he's impressed he's healthy i'm not surprised he's number one and tawi walker sounds like a guy who's done everything he had to do to get this to get that week one starting spot which is be consistent he's shown up he stayed healthy i think both gavin sawchuk and javante barnes you know we know gavin sawchuk's played one game and, and i think both of those guys have had were missing at points in camp so that that's you know sending a message letting guys know what the culture is and all that and then uh, I guess the third point there is that if we were reading this depth chart and it said Javante Barnes or Gavin Sawchuk was number one, it'd be a very different conversation. We'd be talking about the pressure and all that. And we can't lose sight of the fact that as impressive as both those guys were a year ago, they're still second year backs. I mean, Gavin Sawchuk really only played in the cheese bowl and he was great. Javante yeah. Barnes played a, a bit more last year, second leading rusher, but you know, both of them are young and I don't think there's anything wrong with, tempering expectations, not to say that they won't be the guys, but they don't need to be the starter at, at Arkansas State. If they're going to be that guy where they need to be that is against Texas or, uh, you know, against BYU and TCU in November, that's when it'll matter. And and so there's that there, the message is sent. And, and I think on the whole, where, where I come at it from, this is really cool for Tawi Walker, no matter where it goes. Yeah. From here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And it may, it may, I don't think, you know, even if it doesn't go to him being the starter or him getting a giant amount of carries, if he's just a part of the offensive game plan this year, I think that's probably more than people would have expected coming in. So, yeah, I think it's a cool opportunity for him. And and I think we all agree that we're going to see four backs get the ball at least on Saturday against Arkansas State. Yep, and one last point. You, you said it kind of in your, your first answer. It's really good for Oklahoma if Tawi Walker can be a guy. Who cares if he's a walk-on? Or if he, you know, wherever he's come from, uh, if he can, if they need probably four running backs this year, they've got the freshman, right. Dalen Smothers and Caleb Hicks, but Tawi Walker can be that guy. You can never have enough. So there's no reason to be rooting for anything other than all these guys to run well and stay healthy. And so if he can be a guy for them, that's huge. That really bolsters this offense. And I think a running game that's important, but that none of us really in the depth, depth chart shows it. No one knows who the number one running back is really going to be. So they, they could use a guy. Uh, they could use anybody, and they can't really turn anybody away in terms of production right now. I think real quick there's an argument to be made now in football just in general that having a deeper running back room is more important than having a guy at the top. And I think you see that through all levels. And, you know, Oklahoma with some of the players that they have committed and are bringing in next season, you would think that running back room would continue to do both, get deeper and get better at the top for Oklahoma. So I think it is a good thing, like you said, if it shows some depth that Tawi Walker can play. It's only going to get deeper. It only needs to get deeper when they go to the SEC. But, Todd, the SEC can wait. we got to talk Big 12. 
because that's for the, at least these next 12, 13, 14 games, as much as OU fans might want to look forward, and all of us, so, you know, it's hard to keep your eyes from looking forward. But what matters right now is the matter at hand, and that's this season up ahead. Where we're starting out, what, in, what intrigues you about the Big 12 right now? Is it as wide open as we think? Do you see some tears there? What, what are your thoughts? It's So we always have this discussion about the logo on the helmet, right? And it just feels weird for the defending champion and the defending national championship game runner-up to be TCU, right? It just doesn't feel right to say TCU is a favorite. Not Hold on, I got to I gotta cut you off there, though. Cause, and Garen and I had this conversation before. It's easy to forget TCU didn't even win the Big 12. That's true. No, you're right. You were exactly right. It's just, it, but it speaks to your point that, and both of them, K State's getting some play, but, and I'd hate to have cut you off, but TCU, no. K State are not getting the play they should for where they were last year, I don't think. Well, a lot of it's purple. The color purple is terrible. It's one of the worst colors. Oh, wait. It's now, horrible. You know, no, that's purple. No, not a big right. fan of purple. I can do lavender, but I'm not a purple guy. Well, that's uh, although, a Although I do, uh, and you can go over and read, I ranked all the Big 12 helmets over, you know, uh, one of my pieces over there at selloutcrowd.com. I don't know if you've heard of it or not, but uh, it's uh, the purple on the silver at Kansas State is perfect. Mm-hmm. The purple at TCU with, like, the black and red, it's just too much. I like that they've gone a little crazy, but it's just too much. It's too much. But to your point, though, it's weird to not to not immediately think Oklahoma, Texas, one of those is a team that is coming off either a Big 12 championship performance or, you know, getting close enough in Texas's case where there's some hope moving forward. So with that said, like I, I do think it's wide open, but I personally I think Texas has the best uh, roster coming into this season. In the Big 12, I think they're the most talented team. Uh, you could probably count or probably couldn't count on all your hands and toes the years that Texas has been the most talented team and didn't end up winning the league. So I don't really know what that means. Um, but I, I really like what Texas offers. I think Oklahoma's schedule really sets up, and we'll talk about this later. It sets up for them to to bank some wins this year and maybe have a good season. And it's going to be interesting also, like, with the, with the unbalanced schedule of not everyone playing everyone, it's going to be real strange to see, you know, how that plays into the final standings, right? I mean, will some team end up playing three of the four best teams in the league and some team miss the three best teams in the league? That's going to be an interesting, to keep, interesting one to keep an eye on. That's right. I mean, we lose the round robin. One of the best selling points is something the Big 12 really held on to a long time. That gets scrapped. Um, and I think, you know, Mike Gundy likes the term Wild West. I think this the Big 12 feels like the Wild West, and I said it with Garen on, on his podcast this week, Mind Games. Maybe the best selling point for the Big 12 moving forward is just to be the conference of chaos and fun and all that. But they've been that the last few years. Uh, would you have predicted TCU and K-State in the title game a year ago? Would you have predicted Oklahoma State Baylor two years ago? So that, that part of it's fun. I, I'm with you on Texas. I, I was just doing a little research. Last time Texas played in a Big 12 title game, of course, they did away with it for about eight years, 2009. It's stunning. So in that in that time where it's been back that, since – Is that the Indomitian Sioux game? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're talking about a really long time, and you know this gets into a whole is Texas back deal, but they certainly come in here as, as seemingly on paper the most talented team. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be really good. But it's also worth noting, a Steve Sarkeesian team has never won – 
more than nine games in a season. So they're, they've got to buck some history, buck some whatever baggage that's come from the last decade plus at Texas, wherever you want to kind of make the cutoff point of, of where they've sort of been in this, I don't know, is rut fair. I'm sure I'll get some some reactions from Austin over that one, but wherever you'd want to put it, um, it's been a while. That's the point. And so this is it's it's their conference to win. But we would have said the same about, you know, Oklahoma, at least in 2021. It, that's been said about plenty of teams that haven't won it. Um, so I, I do think it, you know, it's wide open. Is there anyone you feel is overhyped? I know Texas Tech's oh, got to play. Yeah, Texas Tech's gotten a lot of love. And I, I, I mean, I get it. But also, like, that's one of those I, – I have a hard time picking a team that I've never seen do it before. And I just haven't seen Tech do it since Mike Leach was there, you know, with Michael Crabtree and – and those guys back in the day. So uh, for me, for me, I think there's a list of teams in the Big 12, which remember is 14 this year. You go Oklahoma, Texas, uh, TCU, Kansas State. You probably throw in um, Oklahoma State. Um, you probably throw in Texas Tech as well. I think those are teams that I, I would not be shocked to see in the conference championship game. Anyone outside of that would surprise me. And I think as we go through weeks one through five, I think those six that I mentioned will separate a little and we'll see a top tier and kind of a second tier. Um, where that separation is going to be, who's going to be in the top and, and second tiers, I, that obviously remains to be seen. But I, um, I I think those are your six teams that are going to really compete up top. I Here's my question to you. I'm just going to throw mm-hmm. something at you. Who do you think is the coach on the biggest hot seat this year? Well, it's going to come up in our next segment, but to me, it, it's obvious. He might be the, on the biggest hot seat in the nation. It's Neil Brown. Yeah. Um, I think they've really, he feels really good. You know, Big 12 Media Days, he was there talking about how they've been disrespected, how good they're going to be. Shoot, I, in a sense, I'm rooting for him. I think he's kind of had a raw deal there, but the fact is, he's however many years into his run and, and they really haven't shown anything. I think, you know, maybe they start great and maybe he hangs on. I also wouldn't be stunned, you know, in the world where, where coaches are getting fired in September, October, so you can get the next recruiting cycle going. That, that wouldn't stun me either. He's not in an advantageous spot with, with a new administration, an AD who didn't hire him, all the turnover there. I mean, in one sense, you'd think West Virginia would love not to have to hire another coach with the Bob Huggins stuff, but uh, I don't think they're going to have him on too long of a leash. I think some would say he's lucky to still be there. So that's the coach I'd look at. Um, I uh, I knew we were going to talk about I knew we were going to talk about that later, and I wanted to kind of set you up for something mm-hmm. there, but we we will shelve that and we'll talk about it later. Well, I appreciate that. Well, we are. I think we can transition now into what we're going to close with. Um, Todd, we're going to play a game. Some big questions. It's kind of a recurring game here on the Letterman Jacket Podcast. We're going to play a game of Liz in or Liz out. Okay. That is where I'm going to ask you some questions. Not, not Lizzo right now, though. Lizzo is. Oh, no, no, no. She, she is Liz out, apparently. She is persona non grata right now. If you're reading the news, she is Liz out. But no, you you can't give me yes or no. That's not going to suffice. You got to be Liz in or Liz out on any of the following questions. So, well, we kind of hit on it. And I'm going to say we can we can have responses, but we got to keep them tight. Neil Brown to make it through the season at West, West Virginia. You Liz in or you Liz out? So if I'm in, I think he does make it. If I'm out, I think he doesn't. Correct. I think Neil Brown is Liz out. But here's what I will say to you. I think the term hot seat in general, if, we, if we're if we using it kind of literally like who's on the hottest seat, mm-hmm. um, I don't think Neil Brown's on a very hot seat because I think it's one of those years where I think there's not much he can do. 
So I think for him, it's kind of a just shoot your shot type of year. Mm-hmm. So even in saying that, I, I think Neil Brown has absolutely nothing to lose. He may only have four, five, six games, like you said, to coach. I really like West Virginia to cover this week against Penn State. I like that. I think I think they throw everything from the chamber this week at Penn State. So I'm going to say Neil Brown out, but West Virginia covers this week. I mean, shoot, what better job security if you can go out and, I mean, cover, but if they throw the kitchen sink, go for it on every fourth down. They actually last year went for it more than a lot of teams across the country. You know that coach who, you know, just never punts and goes for it on fourth down all the time? Yeah. He could be that dude. If he does that, can you fire a guy who beats Penn State? I don't know. I, I, that's hey, just lofty. I've got a buddy that does that on FIFA when we play. He gets about two or three shots a game from 30 yards out, and he always just screams YOLO. And that's what Neil Brown's coaching philosophy can be is YOLO for probably the first six, seven weeks of the season. All right. Kansas to go to another bowl game in 2023. Liz in or you Liz out? I am Liz out on the Jayhawks this year, and I know that makes you very happy inside. It makes me sad. I'm a Kansas Jayhawk at heart. I was born in Ulysses, Kansas, so I'm from the Sunflower State. But I'd have to say uh, I am out on the Jayhawks making a bowl game this year. I think they have a little bit of a dip. As I mentioned, there's that group of teams that can – make it to the uh, conference championship game and group of teams that I think can't. I think they're probably, you know, fighting for the top spot in that group of teams that can't. And looking down their schedule, it's not very good this year for them. So I'm going to say out on the Jayhawks. Liz out. Sorry, Liz out. Liz out on the Jayhawks. Some of us have been Liz out on the Jayhawks for a very long time. Uh, TCU to to get back to double-digit wins. Oh, man, this is a hard – are we going regular season only or do we count a bowl game slash championship uh, game? I, that's more thought than I put into this. Um, I would say we got to go – we got to keep it regular season. So that's – they've got to be – I mean, that, that's basically we're talking Big 12 title contention at that point. Then I'll say, I'll say Liz out. I think I'll say that they go 9-3 and three is what I say TCU goes. If you were going to give me the bowl games, I was going to say Liz in and that with either a Big 12 championship game or – a bowl game they could get to 10. But I'll say out for the Horn Frogs. OU, the Vegas line, nine and a half wins. Can they go – can they hit that over? I hate this because, like, I, I'm i going to say – I'm going to say Liz out because I think it's, it's obvious. It's between nine and ten wins, but it's like I look at the schedule one day, I see nine. I look at it another day, I see ten. But I think if you were to take every day I look at it and add them all together, I see nine more times than I see ten. So I'm going to just say – I'm going to say Liz out and Sooner fans can hope that, like usual, I'm wrong on my predictions. Are you going to be Liz in on anything? Let's find out. Well, we're going well, about to find out. You know, people say I'm a contrarian, so. <laughs> uh, a departing Big 12 member to win the Big 12 title this year. Oh, you were Texas. Oh, Lord. I'll say – you know what? I'll say Liz in on that one. Liz in. Uh, because I'm going to say Texas uh, gets to the Big 12 title game, and I, I'll say it's either going to be Texas OU or Texas TCU in the Big 12 title game, and uh, I think Texas will win that game. All right. Well, kind of part of that question, Big 12 team to the college football playoff in 2023. <sighs> I, I'm going to say no. I'm Liz out. And again, I'm playing Liz out. Good and cast. again, I'm playing the odds here. Uh, I'm playing the odds here because I don't. I don't think Texas. I don't think Texas is one of the four best teams in the country. So I'll just start with that, and then I will 
end with saying, I think the Big 12, like we mentioned, has a bunch of teams that are pretty close to each other at the top. And I think it's just going to be hard to run through that undefeated and win a Big 12 championship game. So I'm going to say out. Liz Here's, out. We're going to finish with these two I threw at Garen Emig the other day. Brett Yormark to make it through the rest of the season without kind of putting his foot in his mouth with uh, regards to the teams leaving the conference. I'm going to say Liz in on that one because I think Yormark probably learned his lesson uh, with the uh, with the last one. So um, just, I mean, it's not that hard, is it? I mean, was it Abraham Lincoln? I'm probably misquoting. This is probably somebody else. But it's a great quote. A shut mouth gathers no foot. Just keep your mouth shut. You've won this thing. You've survived. The Pac-12 is dead. Don't ruin it. Just be quiet. And I think he'll do that. Okay. And uh... – OU and Texas fans to make it through a season without complaining about something Brett Yormark has oh, said. Zero, Liz out. Zero percent chance. They're already complaining. Uh, the first time there's a hold called on Oklahoma uh, in a Big 12 game this year, you're going to hear it in the stands. And the first time someone calls into a postgame show and goes, hey, do y'all know there's been no holds called on OU in the first two games this year? Then everyone's going to freak out. And uh, the truth of the matter is hold the, holding doesn't get called really much at all in college football, not near enough, um, because the games are already long as it is. So, uh, yeah, of course they're going to complain. And I get it. Like, I, I think, uh, in a way, that, rea- that reality for Oklahoma fans is fun because for a long time, it's always for Oklahoma, it's been kind of that from the top, looking down on everybody else, they they pride their fan base prides themselves on that, which that's a sign that you are a, a successful program, right? Now it's kind of them against the world, which I think, you know, it, it feels like they are being disrespected by somebody, which is not usually the case. Usually, Oklahoma fans are the ones kind of doing the disrespecting because they're so much better. So, it's uh, I think it's going to be an interesting season throughout the fan base, and it's going to make for some weird moments, no doubt with Oklahoma and the Big 12 and the SEC and, hell, not just here, but all across the country. I mean, who knows what the ACC is going to do, right? Yep. And, man, the pack whatever and how, whoever's right. coming. We're, we're going to have fireworks. It's a college football season. We're going to have fireworks, except this is the college football season that has a bunch of people who have broken up who are still living together and having to coexist. And uh, – You've got referees and conference commissioners and all that. It's going to be fun. That's what it's going to be. And Todd, we're right here. It's week one. Forget week zero. It's a nice little appetizer. Week one's here. We get the real thing this weekend. What's your your go-to appetizer? You chips and queso guy? Well, are we talking like go-to or like if you say like, Eli, we're getting appetizers tonight. Like what are we starting? You can have any appetizer in the world. What are you going with? A good plate of nachos is undefeated. Okay. Really good plate of nachos. Fair enough. Yourself. I'm kind of a uh, – I'd, I'd go mozzarella sticks. My number two. Good mozzarella sticks. Yeah. Those are really good, yeah. And then like a good plate of wings, like six wings, just as a little yeah. – I will just say Notre Dame Navy last week was a very stale, bad plate of mozzarella sticks. It was yeah. not very good. That is tough. You get a bad plate of nachos or some bad mozzarella sticks – the one where you the one where you order them and they bring them out 45 seconds later and you're like these have just been sitting there and you can oh wait oh wait on good nachos good nachos exactly Exactly. good good things come to those who wait well todd todd lisenby your first appearance on the letterman jacket podcast i hope not the last as always find a spotify apple itunes youtube selloutcrowd.com we're live 
Come find our stuff. Go read Todd writing about football helmets. Come read. Next time I'm going to bring my Letterman jacket, my actual Letterman jacket. There we go. I don't have one. That's the irony of the show is I was not (laughs) anyone ever close to being a Letterman or anything other than my last name. Uh, I want to see you in the Letterman jacket. You'll be back on here. We'll be back. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being a part of the crowd.